Welcome into Can We Just Talk? This is Troy DiSavino. This week I am joined by Chris Sakonis, Jacob Berg, Austin DiSavino, and Steven Nelson. Again, this is Can We Just Talk? It's a show where it doesn't matter if you live under a rock, because if you do, we'll fill you in, in on what you missed from this past week's biggest events, stories, and developments in a nice casual conversation. On the docket for this week, we've got a fascinating story about Facebook and QAnon. There's some regulation going on over there to see what we're actually allowed to see as viewers. Uh, the election, and there's a lot of bet fair exchanges, a lot of bets being placed on this one. So make sure to stay tuned to find out what the spreads are. Trevor Lawrence has got COVID. That's a massive story that we'll get into in a little bit. I'm sure that one will get a little heated. Um, and then finally, to wrap it up, we've got a fascinating story about a very expensive rock floating around in space, valued around 10 quintillion ten quintillion dollars. So make sure to stay tuned. We'll get to all that. Again, this is Can We Just Talk? Let's get going. First up for this week, I told you earlier in the show, we've got an interesting story about Facebook. They are cracking down on QAnon hashtag, save our children. Again, that's the hashtag, save our children. That hashtag has been circulating around for a little while. I mean, this conspiracy has been really brought up into the light with the election coming up. QAnon has been known as the conspiracy group that has backed Donald Trump for some strange reasons. Um, one of them we'll get into in a second, but the hashtag save our children is now being regulated on Facebook. This story coming from CNN business again, quote from this one is Facebook will expand its action against QAnon by restricting hashtag save our children. One of the hashtag supporters of this conspiracy theory often append to their social media post. Starting Friday, the company will be limiting the distribution of the hashtag spokesperson. Emily Kane said in a statement to CNN business meaning that posts using this hashtag will have their visibility reduced in the newsfeed and people clicking on the hashtag will not be able to see the aggregated results. Instead, they will see a link to the list of credible child safety resources, Kane added. Now, I'll open this up. Are you guys familiar with QAnon and why this hashtag is around? Does anyone, I mean, I, I know a little bit about it. I, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys listened to it. It was an awesome podcast, The Rabbit Hole. It was by the New York Times. They did a deep dive into it for a little bit. But does anyone have a really good background on why the Save Our Children is prevalent? If not, I can give so, the explanation. I believe I, I'll, you can probably give a little bit more detail. This is Austin. I was speaking. Thank you for having me back again. Um, but I, I believe it's because they believe there is a child trap, sex trafficking circle or something like that. Conspiracy the of the uh, conspiracy. Okay. And so that's yeah, that's the conspiracy that's circulating. They think that. The Democrats, specifically including Hillary Clinton, um, you know, prominent figures in the Democratic Party, QAnon believes that they're the leaders of a child sex trafficking ring. So yeah. this is the hashtag, the hashtag Save Our Children that has emerged. And now Facebook is kind of regulating and not allowing the circulation of, of hashtags that could be very devastating to the Democratic Party during this time period. Um, so it's interesting to see now Facebook kind of cracking down, trying to make up for what happened four years ago in the 2016 election. Um, Chris, Stephen, Jacob, any initial thoughts you guys have on this? Or I don't know how too familiar you are with the story. I would I just wish that Facebook had taken this action before a disturbingly large portion of the American electorate uh, bought into the uh, Democratic pedophile ring conspiracy. Um, I believe I, I think I saw some polling that said it was something like between one in four and one in five of American voters. Uh, believe in this uh, theory um, so like I kind of wish if you know Facebook had caught on to this two years ago when it was starting to spread and circulate maybe we wouldn't be in a position where so many vo uh, voters believe something so 
blatantly insane and wrong. So, well, I, I don't think it's completely insane. This is uh, Stephen Nelson. I'm going to put my uh, my mark on this. Uh-oh. I mean, Bill Clinton was on. Well, there's photos of Bill Clinton with Jeffrey Epstein on those planes. Like he was like really that's, good buddies. That is, with them. yeah, that's where this derives from. So there's. For more, so, but does that mean? For more, well, hold on. For more background onto what yeah. this is to explain what he's saying, the Save the Children charity has nothing to do with QAnon, first of all. So that's why this was taken down. But the background comes into it is this is coming from QAnon followers. This is the quote: "Children need to be saved from the cabal of evil Democrats." It is essentially the same conspiracy theory that was pushed as part of the PizzaGate in 2016, which falsely alleged a Washington D.C. pizza shop was the center of a child sex trafficking ring. These, some of these allegations are made because you're right. There was ties to Joseph Epstein, uh, to Epstein, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Sorry, um, and that's kind of where this all really started, and that's where this is really brought yeah. to light. So, for one, yes, there are conspiracy theories of this, but the problem that Facebook is having now is like, yeah, conspiracy theories are interesting, but when it comes to like a ginormous election of, you know, utmost importance, it's tough when. Facebook was being criticized four years ago for spreading false information. And not that anyone, I mean, it's, it seems a little far-fetched to me. That's just my opinion. But not that anyone can prove one way or the other. Um, you know, there's, it's all kind of, it's, uh, it should, it's foggy. I mean, when it's at that level of the government, it's foggy with what's going on. It, was, it has to do with all the emails that Hillary Clinton deleted. And, you know, you could really take a whole deep dive into that. But that's kind of why this is such a mysterious topic. And Facebook just doesn't want that to be the main headline that comes up when you look into, you know, Biden's campaign, especially for someone who really wasn't talked about in Pizzagate in 2016. This was a Clinton thing. I I think any time a corporation, though, begins to meddle in um, legislating ethics, it's that's where things turn um, foggy and things turn gray and things turn not black and white. Right. Like the NFL tries to legislate ethics and what do they do they get it wrong at every single turn if facebook is going to try to legislate ethics there's always going to be someone that's going to be unhappy now i can say i do not support anything qanon or qanon i think it's qanon i think it's conspiracy theories i think it's dangerous i understand like if if the if the clintons have a connection to jeffrey epstein and that entire circle yes i think there should be um, unbiased justice brought to those crimes. But I do think it's dangerous when things are like when they're taking it all across all Democrats because Bill Clinton, that's like if I go outside and I say, hey, the sun is hot. That means we're all going to burn up. We should all repent our sins and commit mass suicide. Just because a single portion of that statement is true that the sun is hot doesn't mean that everything else is true. Yeah. Yeah. Austin, I want to go back to your point about sort of corporate governance and I just have seen the uh, the documentary, uh, The Social Dilemma. I don't know if uh, others have seen that, that, but it's I saw that. pretty interesting, um, I guess, kind of expose. But it's it's well written about how, you know, social media sites use your data to kind of keep you active and keep you into things and, and possibly turn you towards, uh, you know, some of the more conspiracy theory or, you know, uh, far right, far left, extremist type of groups. Um, but I do think Austin does bring up a, a good point about, you know, the the difficulties with corporate governance. Like, how should Facebook deal with this fact that, like, people are going on Facebook all the time and reading things and believing them without yeah. doing yeah. further research? It's obviously tough. 
to to ask you know facebook to be the ruler of of right and wrong and to police everything because obviously it's not a very easy task to do there are millions and millions of users it's not not the most simple thing um but i i mean for me my personal opinion would be uh, i'm i'm happy to see that facebook is taking some sort of step here uh, i've seen similar actions on uh twitter where yeah, they now Instagram. have um different links that come up if something's been flagged as you know possible conspiracy theory uh they try to bring up some more uh reputable sources um but yeah i'm of the opinion that it's it's kind of good uh that some of these corporations are now taking uh, a stronger stake in the truth so and go ahead chris and to build off of that because i also saw the uh, social dilemma recently so i kind of feel what you're getting off here. This is sort of Facebook and other social media companies trying to put the genie back in the bottle because yeah. when they started these uh, platforms 10, 15 years ago, the, the algorithms were designed by scientists to be addictive and to channel people down these rabbit holes that sort of end in, you know, believing, you know, all kinds of different uh, far out beyond the mainstream theories. And it's not limited to one political side or the other. This is a phenomenon that really goes down to human psychology. So Facebook, Twitter, uh, they're all trying to sort of put this genie back in the bottle, but I'm not really so sure that they can because it's been so deep seated and it's been allowed to take root in people's minds for so many years. There there needs to be more responsibility on the user and, and us as society. We can't- yes. Well, like, there's a lot you, of crazy people out there. There are crazy people out there, but we need to make sure that before we jump into these waters, we know what we're jumping into. And by waters, I mean, just engaging on social media. Like it's, there, it is very easy to be caught up in fake stories and misleading information. And sometimes the quickest information is not always the most true. And like, it's the saying, like, if you don't watch the news or read the news, you're uninformed. But if you do pay attention to the news, you're misinformed. So it's, a, you're damned if, if you do, and you're damned if you don't. I, I feel like I'll say this and I'll wrap it up. You know, the idea that the user needs to have more responsibility. Like, I think it's easy for us to say that from our generation, because we can, you know, we understand if we can tell a fake source when we see it, it's tougher for, you know, the older generations, the baby boomer generations, even people, you know, 40 and above who this is still relatively new in their life. They've only had Facebook, you know, for 10 out of their 40, 50 years of their life. We've kind of, I mean, at least grown for myself, we've grown up well, with it. So Facebook we, is different because Facebook was, well, Twitter, know, Twitter's complicated Twitter for someone, is, who's yeah. not, someone who's not used yeah, to of it. Course. So when you are just thrown a bunch of information and it's, you know, little excerpts and you're not, you can't really tell if it's coming from somewhere that's true or not and if you don't have that eye to look out for i mean our generation was kind of raised with the idea of like don't believe everything you see on the internet like read into it a little bit more but i can see how you know people from past generations who weren't raised with the internet they weren't raised with boomers just, yeah boomers they just adopted the internet it's confirmation for only bias. for only a fifth of their lifespan it's yeah. it's tougher for them to adapt to that something they're not used to but as you guys said, it has a lot to do with the algorithms that these, these creators have pushed on onto these platforms. Um, like you guys said, Facebook announced the QAnon, a ban on QAnon earlier this month, three years after the conspiracy thirst, uh, theory first began. Twitter and YouTube have also imposed varying degrees of restriction on the QAnon content. Um, this quote coming from the CNN Business article again, the platforms have allowed QAnon content to grow and spread for years. There are now multiple Republicans running for Congress who have expressed support for QAnon this has to do a little bit more with the divide that you're seeing with, you know, the Republican Party, and the Democratic Party, and even outside of that, just different bureaus in the government 
Um, I'll give you two perspectives and we'll wrap this up. In August, President Donald Trump praised QAnon followers for supporting him. And on the other side of that, last year an FBI office warned that Q adherents are domestic terrorist threats. So, I mean, you have the FBI and the president making very different statements in regards to what QAnon is, these, this country. So it's a very fascinating thing we're watching unfold in front of our eyes. I'm interested to see how it affects election day in a few days. Um, and I think this is going to be the next few years. This is just more information that will kind of leak out and explain what happened on election day. This potentially being a huge one that's still unwrapping from 2016. So it's a, a very big story that we'll have to watch over the years. Next up, we have a very perspective-altering story that really kind of sheds some light onto what, how other countries view the United States uh, political scene. As we all know, Election Day is coming up, as we just previously talked about. Some mind-shattering numbers about how other countries are handling this. Um, for this example, $284 million have already been wagered by the British betters on the U.S. election outcome. I would love to see what kind, how that compares to like the Super Bowl, but just, I mean, to think about how big of a deal Election Day is, I think it's just hilarious to see how other countries are like betting on the outcome of this election, regardless of what it means for our country. But a quarter of a billion dollars bet by by British betters. This has to be. That means you know how many people are going to be watching this on election night. No one has any perspective on this. No I, one I was going to oh, no, say it's... Go ahead, Steven. No, I was going to say, like, people love, people love America. I mean, like, they, like, regardless of, like, if they, like, like us or not, like, they love everything that, like, we do. And, like, it's like, it's like, uh, like, reality TV for them. And, like, uh, I mean, like, the past four years with Trump. Yeah, it's very entertaining I'm... for people. And people want to make a bunch of money on it. I mean, hey... I, power to them. I would, I would do, I think love is the absolute wrong adjective. I don't think the world well, loves America lo love in the way people love the Jersey Shore. It's no, we are the Kardashians of the world. People we love are, the Kardashians. We are currently a train wreck. It's embarrassing. Like, we should be, yeah, embarrassed but other, other countries love watching us. It's fun for them. It's like uh, a hate watch. Yeah, it's like a dirt. It's like a guilty. Okay, well, what's your guilty pleasure? I'm just the United saying, States of America. It's embarrassing. I think that I'm we should it. have a respect for the office of president and we should have a respect for who we are in the world and the responsibility that we carry and the the what we are supposed to be is shining a light of hope and i think that light has diminished over the past five ten years and it's just you know it's 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 embarrassing that we've turned into a sports betting prop also what is the spread and how can i place a bet <laughs> i'll tell you what I think Biden opened at a hundred to one after he had a slow start in the primary. Those real numbers. Yeah. Oh my god. So if you if you got in early on this, I mean, you could be you could be making some serious coins. Yeah, but if you had the future Ooh. of Donald Trump in 2014, like that, that's, that's or, oh, wait, almost went bankrupt. That wasn't it far away. That's far away. Uh, it's like what race 398. Or something. No, in like 2014, if you had the future on Donald Trump to win the election. That is mega money. Yeah, it's like when it's like when Corey bet on uh, the uh, Marlins to win the World Series, and they got they got through the first round of the playoffs. 
Well, it's different because Trump actually became president, whereas the Marlins crashed and burned in the playoffs. That's true. I I feel almost embarrassed to say this, but I'm really looking forward to Election Day. Oh, I'm not. One, to see what happens, because this is just like, I think November 3rd, 2020 is going to be one of the days of my life that I will remember forever. It will just be something incredibly fascinating to think back on and be like, that day was wild. Because for one reason, it's going to be one of the first elections that it's like, it doesn't matter what happens that day. We might not find out for another week. So, like, Donald Trump could be winning by, like, 90%. Like, he could be killing it across the map. United States could be red. And still in a few days, like, Joe Biden could still win. It is going to be insane to watch on November 3rd. Well, what's going to happen is, and what makes this such a weird election and kind of, I'm going to go there, kind of almost dangerous election, is the fact that it seems like one party is majority voting one way. The other party is by a large majority voting the other way and that the Democrats are voting by mail and the Republicans are voting largely in person. Now, the question is, you know, we know, uh, I think the number was like 60 million or so voters have already voted and the votes have been received. Are the in which states and it kind of varies state by state, which states are those votes to- going to be counted at least partially and released on election night and which ones aren't even going to start to be reported until the day after? I know, I think Pennsylvania is going to be like, um, the mail-in ballots won't start to be counted until November 3rd. So you'll get um, a large Republican lead on election night in Pennsylvania, and then the Democratic votes will trickle in over a week. So it's going to be a very weird dynamic. I, my hope, and maybe I'm a bit naive, my hope is that you know the media does a good job of communicating this to people so they don't get misled into thinking that um, one person has won the election before it's actually happened. Um I don't know if the media is going to be responsible with that, but that, that is what they really should do because it's not a normal election. It shouldn't be treated by, like one. To give some perspective, I said it earlier. I, I'd love to know what it compares to the Super Bowl. Um, this article coming from CNN Business, once again, um, there is some light on what this kind of looks like compared to some other ones. Um, I'm trying to pull it up again, but it's, it's more than some of the biggest sporting events that we've seen in over the past few years. Combined, it is more than the 2017 Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor boxing match, more than the 2018 World Cup, more than the 2019 Grand National Horse Race, and more than the 2020 Super Bowl combined. Yeah, this those are some of the biggest, like, I mean, the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor one was huge for Vegas, let alone, and the Super Bowl every year brings in record-setting numbers. This is so far beyond that, and the funny, it's you can you can bet on it if you're in this country. But I think it's just incredible to see that almost a quarter of a billion, over a quarter of a billion people have done it outside this country. That just kind of goes to what Stephen was saying. Like people around the world just love watching the fire and the the garbage fire the United States is right now because it's, it's pure entertainment. It's, entertainment to them. To clarify, you're talking about the political world that is a garbage fire. This country overall has a lot of good redeeming things. I want to make that clear for the audience, but there's I think some bad things too. Exactly. Well, absolutely. Things. Yeah, we need it. We need, you we know, need. world where there, there's like, there's pedophiles running amok throughout the Democrats, you know, there's all of that. All right. So doing great. But Chris, I think you, you bring up um, a good point where with the mailing, this is going to, you guys might be too young and I was pretty young for it too. This is going to dwarf the 2000 election when it was, when it was Bush and uh, John Kerry. I don't know what Hanging Chad is, it was, but... That was the whole thing. Al Gore. 
Al Gore. Yeah. Al Gore. That's the what it was. John Kerry was still supporting. Punch support. ballot thing. Like, yeah. It was not. It was, it was a matter of 300 votes and, in Florida. And yeah, in Florida, and it was the mail-ins, and it was just everything, and it was like however many recounts. And I think it's just going to be scary and interesting to watch because on Tuesday night next week, it's not going to be resolved, and it's also not going to be resolved on Wednesday. And this is going to be. It's going to be interesting. It's a little nerve wracking to it's going to be interesting to see how different groups around the country respond to this based on what it is. So I'm, I'm watching anxiously. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from, Austin. I, I do think it's important for the states to feel that they can go at their own pace, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll sacrifice time just to preserve uh, like fairness in elections. Uh, I'd, ra- I'd rather make that trade off yes, than, yes. than kind of be forced to, to you know, know right away. But I do see where you're coming from. And it definitely is uh, the fact that it is such a contentious election. Yeah. So important for so many Americans. Like the fact that it won't be a, uh, a one time response is, is a little bit nerve wracking. So, so, so Trump is. I don't think anyone said this. Trump is plus 280 pretty much. So he's incumbent. No, he's no, he's the underdog right. and the better right now. He's oh, better off. Oh, Sorry, he's I got don't low, really better betting odds. Like thirty-five. So if you bet ten bucks, you have a chance to make a profit of eighteen. So you get your ten dollars back plus eighteen, making it plus two eighty. Right? I'm doing that right. Yeah, you're doing that right. Yeah. So plus yeah. plus two eighty, um, and then Biden is minus fifty. So, I feel like it's a. I feel like it's a slam dunk bet to bet Trump because uh, he said he's not going to concede the office even if he loses. So, <laughs> well, I think I they're mean, going Biden gets the most votes. So, no, uh, it's not. I mean, it's not about popular vote either. It's who takes office. Trump lost the popular yeah. vote. Yeah, it's who takes office. Are there? Yeah, but he so, can't just like he can't just call squatter rights in the Oval Office. Like pull Dragon <laughs> out if he I mean, loses. I mean, executive like, order. He's going to fold. Yeah, don't like, work like that, Stephen. Potatoes. All that he's gonna he's gonna talk a big game and he's gonna do what he's done his entire life is fold and run away and shrink. So and that's what's gonna happen. Interesting on this as well, and then I'll I'll kind of wrap this one up. They this this book is giving, and this is where all the money is going through, um, is giving Trump about a thirty five percent chance, like you said, Jacob, to win. Um, those are better odds for the president than some U.S. forecasters are giving him. As of Friday morning, the political prediction site 538.com has Biden with an 89% chance of winning the vote. Seems very high to me. I think it's going to be very, very close. But, you know, you're already seeing some states turn out. And this is kind of the thing the Democratic Party is leaning on. They think if they have a great turnout, just pure turnout, population vote, it's big. They think that's very good for their party. Um, we've already started to see some staggering numbers. Texas, I think, has already had yeah. more more vote-in or mail-in mail-in. ballots than they had in the entire 2016 election for that state. There's already over 9 million ballots being mailed in or early votes sent in. So early early numbers are showing that it's yes. going to be a huge turnout. I mean, just from even from red states like Texas or swing states, I guess we don't really know what's going to happen with Texas. Um, didn't they? Did they vote blue last in twenty sixteen? No, no. I think Trump. Uh, they, have won. they have a chance to go blue this time. They have a blue yeah. governor. No, no they no. almost. Uh, uh, what's his face? Beto O'Rourke almost won it. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Won it. that's right. Yeah. And yes. the big, the big switch that they're looking at now is Amy McGrath and um, the guy from the Muppets, Mitch McConnell. So the. <laughs> <laughs> that's an insult to the Muppets to compare him to Mitch McConnell. That honestly is. So if you're if you're Trump if you're betting on Trump here, as, as a recap, 
you you have the odds of maybe even if he loses, he doesn't give up office. So we'll we'll see how that works out with the books. And then on the other side, it looks like polls are leaning towards Biden in the swing states that really determined on the close margin in 2016. So it's really up in the air at this point. You really have no idea what's going to happen. We'll have to wait till November 3rd and probably much farther on to see what kind of comes in over the mail to really have some idea of who's taking home the bucks after this big betting day. Next up, the big headliner for coming out this week, NCAA quarterback star projected number one pick in the draft by a long shot. I think we can all agree on um, possible future jet Chris Sikonis. Uh, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence test positive for COVID-19 won't play against Boston College in week nine. That means the Boston College Clemson game is going to be a nail biter at this point. But this is big, big news. Trevor Lawrence was among the, the leading front of college players before the season started trying to convince, um, in this case, the ACC to play a season. Um, some of the other big names, we saw Justin Fields from the Big Ten, but these, so he was definitely, I'd say, one or two of the biggest guys, the outspoken people, about pretty much saying, listen, we want to play football so bad, we're almost like willing to take this risk, and we don't really care if we get COVID. Like, we are more caring about having a season. Well, I'm going to find his direct quote. He, he was also he was also of the opinion that it's safer for the players yes. to, to be in school playing than yes. to be in other locations. Listen, I think there's something to what he's saying. You know, there are players who come from very tough areas, um, and you don't know what the communities are like, especially down south. But the solution to that could have been bring the players on campus just don't play football yeah. so just like give them just a what they were all going to do anyway before you know back yeah. from the big 10 and the pac 12 and all those conferences said we're going to postpone the season like they didn't send everyone back to the hometowns like they stayed on campus so but kind like, of a bad argument that wouldn't that wouldn't have satisfied like trevor lawrence in this case it was really no. it was more about he wanted to play football um, oh yeah and this is i mean a, a monumental story he's one of the high, most highly touted prospects coming out of college I mean, is there, is there anyone bigger in the past decade? I mean, Luck. Yeah, Luck would be the last one, really. And yeah, there was some contention about who was going to go Tua first in that draft. No, not Tua. He wasn't even number one last year. Yeah, before he but before he got hurt, that, everything was trying to tank Al- Tua. But he was still an Alabama quarterback. There's still apprehension when it comes Jets there. Jets don't even have to try to tank. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but again, getting back to the COVID aspect of this, this is huge. Um, biggest game of possibly college football so far this year and is in 10 days uh it's supposed to be notre dame clemson now a lot of fans are worried is that even going to happen with trevor lawrence that's that's really what they care about um and which is kind of sad that's the big concern but trevor lawrence has covid i'll tell i'll tell you this much and and covid's covid's no joke but you know what is a joke the new york jets (laughs) and if i'm trevor lawrence Honestly, I think I might have COVID for the next two years because <laughs> I will do anything to avoid playing for that franchise. I mean, he's, I mean, really, what? I think Trevor Lawrence's best case scenario here is ACC calls everything, gives everybody a whole nother year of eligibility. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have to even worry about 
figuring out how to avoid the draft for a year. Are you? Do you think the Jets won't have the number one pick next year as well? I mean, <laughs> if they don't fire Adam Gase, yeah. There, I, I think, you know, it's so on the front end. I hope Trevor Lawrence is okay. I hope he has no lasting health issues. I hope he recovers safely. I hope his family is safe. Right. So blanket statement. I hope all of those things. I think. This is a product of irresponsibility by the NCAA and by all of the big conferences that these are unpaid players that are risking their future. They're risking their health and they're risking the health of their families as well. They don't. The they, problem with they, this is, though, they are like, in this case, happy to do so. Like, this is the yeah. problem. But they shouldn't be given that opportunity. People that have more information and should be the responsible ones in this situation shouldn't even be having a college football season. These are students. They're not letting students back at school, yet they can have these guys play line up well, inches is. away. Oh, okay. I think, I think all the ACC schools and are. Then, and look Most at of the Big Ten states. ones are, too. Look, yeah. at the, look at those states and look at how those COVID rates are going. We're in a third surge it's irresponsible to be honest the big thing about clemson that is really surprising to me if if you guys watched a game on tv there it looks like their stadium's at 50 percent capacity oh my gosh like, oh yeah oh packed. well what they did is they put it at i think it was 25 percent capacity but the way they laid out the seats was like they're all in like columns yeah so like you're six feet apart from someone on your left on your right but there's someone sitting directly in front of you I don't know if in South Carolina they think that COVID only travels sideways, but they do. They do. So <laughs> yeah. it's like every other, like not every other, but most other countries were able to get COVID under control. Yet because Jim Bob in South Carolina doesn't have a pro football team besides the Panthers, which don't count, they need to watch their college football. So they're going to risk the lives of most of these students that aren't going to go on and get drafted. So they're risking their bodies already for an unpaid game. They had an opt out. So it's the problem is like these players, it's weird because it's like someone should be stepping up to do something and maybe they shouldn't have money. It's money, but there's money. Yeah, it's a billion dollar franchise. Like they're gonna they're gonna get their product out there on the field. They're gonna make their money. They're not gonna be operating at a loss. Players also do this. Like the guys who are borderline NFL, they're like, all right, I need to play out the season. I need to have a really good season because there might be millions of dollars on the table for me. Like Trevor Lawrence isn't that guy. Like he's gonna go first round. He's probably gonna be number one overall no matter what, unless he has like a bad injury. But they they have eligibility for next year, don't they? Depends. Seniors won't. Uh, yeah, they would. Okay, no, that they was, do. That was one hundred percent clear. Problem solved. Yeah, and the other thing with like Trevor Lawrence or like any other senior is like, yeah, even if you have your eligibility, you could come back another year, but you'd be foregoing an NFL contract. You'd be risking, you know, serious non-COVID related injuries. You know, like you know it's what? not as simple as do you have the eligibility. There's one other point I want to make. Um, I I don't think it's necessarily fair to lump all five of the conferences together because, like, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were a lot more cautious than the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12. The Big Ten basically said, like, you know, we're going to wait until we have, like, really rigorous testing, really rigorous protocols. They screen every athlete an extra week beyond the two weeks Yeah, for myocarditis. Yeah, doesn't a bunch of cases. What's the Big Ten? No, bunch of cases. Rutgers well, Wisconsin does. Wisconsin, that's Big Ten. So, like, just because it's you, being, it's being contained in a much just because way. you refrain from the greed for eight more weeks than there everyone is, else. That there is, but they, it well, wasn't. There is no debate if whether or not the Big Ten or the Pac-12 handled this better than the SEC. Or okay. ACC. Okay. They used the SEC and the ACC almost well, like guinea pigs to see how this worked just out. Because and the data they were taking from it, there wasn't mass outbreaks going on in the first few weeks. They they noticed. All right, this is kind of happening 
okay, there's some cases popping up. Teams are able to handle it in decent situations. And the good news is most of these players are all living in confined communities on college campuses. Not saying that it isn't dangerous for people who are in that age group, but it's a lot less dangerous compared to other age groups. Okay, they noticed that it was working out okay. And the Big Ten and the, the Pac-12 saw that and they used the other conferences like guinea pigs. There is no debate of whether or not the Big Ten and the Pac-12 handled this in a much better fashion. Okay, but that's such a surface level argument. That's like, just because something's less worse doesn't mean it's, it isn't bad. It's like, just because you do manslaughter instead of murder doesn't mean you're a good I person. Don't think, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's a fair comparison. I mean, in the eyes of the law, think, it is. Are they, are, they, are, they, are they playing this year? Yes. Are the students paid? No, but they can opt out if they would like. Okay, so they shouldn't even put them in that position. Why? Are, are the students back at school? So yes. they're giving preferential treatment. Are you yeah. back at Rutgers? Rutgers right is now? the only one that's not back. And by the way, if those athletes were back, I'm pretty sure Rutgers football players could still live on campus if they opt out of the season. Okay. If if you're shooting for less worse than other corrupt conferences in college football, congratulations, you've achieved your goal. There, I don't think the option was there to not have the season. Why? Big Ten. There's millions of dollars there. You know how many small so jobs? So it's a broken are system. You know how Tear many small down. jobs are dependent? Tear it down. Tear it down. And just eliminate hundreds, tens of thousands of jobs. No, take care of your employees. How do you take care of the employees yeah. if the games are not happening? Don't have a corrupt system. I mean, they're in the each athletic department's in like multi, like tens of millions of dollars deficits, even having yeah. a season. So, so let's the just they can't well, the stadium. So how much does the AD at Ohio State make? Let's let's just go with your oh, idea. No, if you're saying no, Austin, if you're saying that you know athletes don't have enough rights, they're not you know they should That's be compensated. Right. I agree with that. Like I'm not I'm not like disagreeing with any of that, but I, I just don't think it's fair to lump in all the conferences no. in college football in the same boat because the Big Ten and the Pac-12 had medical experts who in August said. We don't feel comfortable with you proceeding. They listened to them in spite of the money that they would lose. They postponed the season. And then when the testing protocols and other scientific information changed, the doctors changed their point of view and the schools proceeded. So, so I don't think don't... it's really fair to compare the Big Ten. The backlash the Big Ten took when they made that decision. They they were fine with taking that because- What backlash? They... Did you not open your eyes? Or I absolutely Ohio did. State did they were getting the Big Ten. The Big Ten was getting ripped to shreds by the and average what, what, college football. Well, they, they got well, well, Troy. They got, they got was, ripped to shreds. Nebraska because, was threatening to leave the conference, and so was Ohio State. Like okay, they were I, not going to get me to to feel any sympathy for a corrupt system. Who's asking failing. for sympathy? You're you're asking me to to say, oh, it's less worse. It we is can't less lump worse. them all in. It's okay. not as bad. Okay. What is this? What's the ideal situation here? You just don't have a season. Forfeit a season. And you just put employees out of a job. That's better. Because there's always Which downside. employees are you putting out of a job? The people who work at the stadiums. The okay, those are employees. seasonal positions. Okay, that's still three to four months worth of jobs that they work. Okay. Where do they work now? Where do they go? You can't that's, just look at a big picture. You know, college, they have, they're not there's letting, corruption. They're not Athletic letting, directors and coaches oh, so are paid all, way too much. All the concessions there's, are open at these stadiums, Troy? Are the concessions open? Because I would imagine they're not. They're still employees. So at SHI There's Stadium, SHI Stadium, the concessions Not are going to be still. Rutgers is also one of the much more secured, I guess, or conservative. No, not conservative. They're the much more controlled area, I guess. Cautious. They're, yeah, sure. Yeah, they're being conservative with what they're doing. Sure. But there's a lot other smaller jobs that come into it. Like, there's not just it's not just concessions people who work there. There's also security people who work there. There's also they there's can't, still campus security, aren't there? You just said all the students are back. People who work these events. Okay, those are seasonal temporary positions. 
So, so those, not those jobs don't position. count? I'm not saying they don't count, but those aren't full. That's not like a full time. You get so your let me, benefits. Also, positions. let me just say, you're not a player. You're not even a fan. I am a fan. No, you're not. Okay. Of what team? I enjoy college football. Okay. So there's other then, but if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to watch it. So I, I'll just say that if the players are okay with going through this path, you're a big 10 player. You're saying, let's see how it goes to the ACC. Let's see how it goes for the SEC. Let's see how it works. And after that, the players are okay with playing. And they've been back how many weeks? This is, they've been back for about five weeks now. Okay. Training and the game included. And there's a big outbreak in Wisconsin. It's not a, it's not well, a the Wisconsin team. outbreak wasn't tied to football. The Wisconsin outbreak happened because a bunch of the players went partying after they beat Illinois in week one. Okay. Which is that, part of that. Nothing to do with that's football. football. <laughs> that's that's no, it's not football, football because they didn't yes, have to do that. They were stupid and they put themselves in unnecessary risk. That's not okay. on the Big Ten. That is on the players. That's who you're asking to be responsible for the health. I would okay, argue, but they're going to go party if there's no football anyway. So what I, difference does it make? I'd argue that a football player is more disciplined than what, the average what are, college what, what are your reasons for? Uh, wanting that's debatable. What are your reasons for wanting college football back? There's selfish reasons. I'm not, it's not it's me not, wanting. It's not, not players, purely selfish. If the players are willing to do it. But they have extra eligibility. So, but they're still willing to do it. That just pro, that just speaks to my point even more. They are the ones that this is directly involving. They are the ones putting their health on the line. Okay. If they are okay with seeing what the SEC and the ACC did and they're saying, you know what, I'm still willing to do it. I want to do it. Okay, just because they made that decision doesn't mean I have to agree with it. And I don't. Okay. That's fine, but it's still happening. So, okay, it's happening, and we're having a podcast where we talk about things, and I'm talking about it. I think it's a bad decision. I think it's focused on money, and I think that's what you get when you have a capitalist society money. that's focused on money and and putting players at risk and 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 just going about this in a corrupt way. Big Ten, less corrupt way, less worse, <laughs> much less, much less worse, if that makes sense. Next up, we got one final story for you guys. This one coming from The Independent. There is a lot of money floating around in space. And I don't mean that for, for Bezos or for Musk to send rockets out there. I mean, there is like almost physical money out there. There is an asteroid floating around in space that is worth $10 quintillion. And it could be the only, it could be one, the only one of its kind. So an asteroid with an estimated worth of 10 quintillion dollars could shed light on the formation of the solar system. The valuable piece of space debris, which is floating in our solar system asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter is worth 10 followed by three, six, nine, 12, 15, 18 zeros, just for some perspective. It's approximately 140 miles in diameter, is one quarter the length of the entire UK. The asteroid is one of the largest objects in the belt. The reason this particular asteroid, which is classified as a 16th psych, is worth so much is that it's composed almost totally of iron and nickel. Most asteroids are predominantly rocky or icy, with some having a slight degree of metal. Few have been seen that are almost totally comprised of the precious materials. Studying this particular asteroid could reveal the secrets of the solar system and provide the opportunity to study an object that is akin to the inside of the planet like Earth. Unlike the Earth's crust and mantle, which has a high high mineral composition, the planet's core is made almost completely of metal, specifically iron and nickel. That is a lot of iron and nickel. I said it was, what, half the size of the UK? A quarter of the length of the UK. Before or after Brexit? 
<laughs> current UK. Oh, okay. Current UK. Well, that changes things. That's, wow. a, that's lot. a lot of money. Well, that's a lot of iron and nickel, first of all. But I think it's much more than just the materials. It, it, like they said, I could shed a lot of light on, you know, how this all started. Like, literally all started. Um, it just, I mean, it always amazes me. Just the kind of stuff that is just floating around and how little we matter and how much it doesn't even matter if players are playing <laughs> because there's just 10 quintillion dollars floating around in space uh, i'll tell you i'll tell you this much and elon musk you better not steal my idea um he probably has the resources <laughs> hold on so hold on he, he does he does he listen put, he, he put a car in space no this this time he's going with the tesla truck he's gonna have a nice little trailer at the end to show the drive all the way out there and he could probably get a he could probably get a couple quintillion dollars my, out of it. My Ooh. Tesla truck has the hauling power of a quarter of the UK. So I, th- my question is, in space, it actually is possible. So oh, who's got to get a push? Who is this? <laughs> then who? it comes towards Earth. It's a great idea. So, yeah, and then he just uses a big baseball mitt. <laughs> so, uh, question: Who's buying this? It's not like no one. Okay, for for reference. <laughs> We only have the combined net worth of the entire world is only like $329 trillion. So we can't even pool our money in the chip. So we can't even afford this asteroid. (laughs) This is just the the, the projected worth of what this is. So what you're saying. We can't get it. Like it's not. But projected worth by who? By who? The value of nickel. The material. The value of nickel. That's a lot of. It's not like someone's like, I'll pay $10 trillion if you can pick it up for me. Who's who's going to like an asteroid? It's between Mars and Jupiter. (laughs) Honey, I would like to place a bid on the asteroid. We haven't even stepped foot on Mars. You think we're going to go out there and bring back (laughs) something the size of the quarter of UK? If it yeah, we, bring a, we put a robot on it. We put a robot on Mars. Push, everyone push. <laughs> yeah. There's no weight Take in space. Take the rock and push it somewhere else. Elon Musk out there with sheer willpower. Just shoot a grappling hook and pull it back. There's no weight in space and it'll come flying back towards Earth, which is a bad exactly. idea. Then we will Listen, if you're going to let the fact that we never landed on Mars deter you from following your dreams and like, you're, you're just never going to make it in this asteroid it's mining business. We did land on Mars. No, okay, humans did not land on Mars. Conspiracy. Uh, I'm sorry. Have you seen right. Have you seen The Martian with Matt Damon? I'm yeah. So I'm taking. You know, there's the whole conspiracy. Film that. There's the conspiracy <laughs> that we didn't land on the moon. I'm going a step farther. I'm saying we actually landed on Mars. We're from Mars. I, I think so. Yeah. Bro, we're from Mars. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. That's how we met. Exactly. On this In between. Asteroid, because this asteroid's between Mars and Jupiter. Guys, I'm just saying if we could figure out some way to get out there and bring this thing back and not like kill the entire planet in the, in the process or ourselves or, or kill the entire planet in the process or, can just we this pull this off before election day <laughs> we can somehow figure that out but if we could place a bet we just <laughs> i'm gonna take what is it chris what is it in soccer that neither team wins we can no predict. that's no. just soccer that's just soccer it's a tie it's a draw it's a draw it's gonna be a draw because we're gonna bring this asteroid back and it's, did you uh, not find the word for draw no Troy? but isn't there like a better thing for it why would we know it's a draw you can no, get the no money line for a win a loss or a draw soil oh, push soil push that's not uh soccer uh, well i think i think it's betting but... are there any ever lines in soccer that you're betting on a zero zero game apparently because yes. i would take that bet every single time <laughs> i think that's probably a prop bet you can do i've never done it before but uh, the the lines in soccer are interesting because you have three different outcomes. The underdog. Could have no, we're not. No, no, we're not talking about soccer, Chris. I'm sorry, <laughs> back, we're not talking about soccer. Back to the asteroid and medical <laughs> bet here. I like how he said he would place a bet on the election 
after we got hit by an asteroid. No, before, so, before. So, yeah, well, you had placed the bet. Before, and then we get... How are but you so landing how are you gonna, an asteroid? Are you going to collect on well, this it's bet? it's a meteor. Actually, I think it's a me- Is it a meteor? <laughs> it's a direct deposit? Does it just like... No, it's an, it's an asteroid yeah, when well, it's still like, in the... Asteroid's space. orbit. Okay, so asteroid, meteor, meteorite, and some comet. Some alien in space, like a, a way later time, comes, picks these up are, the internet. These so are all fine details. He was these so are, right. These so, he called These it. are all very fine details that we can smooth out once we figure out how to get this thing back. <laughs> Is this the asteroid no. that the asteroids were named after? Uh, that's a good question. What are... No, you, you, you see what's going to happen, you know. We're going to go, you know, a young Italian explorer named Christopher Columbus is going to go to that, is going to go to that asteroid. He's going to realize there's three billion, three million native asteroidians there. And he's going to assimilate them into American culture and create new America on that asteroid. The human race messes up things again for other people in our race. Or makes it better. I feel like he needs a better name. I don't think we can just change that. I think we need something better because oh, better this time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because um, if we're gonna have to name like a like, raper or a pillager, like places, <laughs> if if he discovers or if he discovers for us no, no, at no. least a place, we, so, we need to think of a more catchy yes, name. Yeah, we just call him Elon Musk. Yeah, Muskanites, <laughs> Muskies. So where are we gonna pretend like we're going? Because last time when we messed this up, we thought we were in a completely different place. When we went over, they, they the first people landed, they thought they were in India. Oh, where do we think we're going? Pluto. This is Pluto. The meteor is Pluto. We this think, is where I parked. Look, we brought going. Pluto back. Hold on, we think we're going to Mars, but we're not actually. We've never been there. You can't. We can't. We don't know what it's like there. We're I think they right still now. think that they're going to India. It's cold. That's true. <laughs> yeah, maybe we do. Cold did we, did we finally make it to India? <laughs> right. Yeah, India doesn't exist. <laughs> I've never. That's, been... the, that's the real QAnon conspiracy. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first, folks. That's the, that's what QAnon is really pushing. That's what that's what Facebook is making sure it doesn't get out. That's what we do. <laughs> they don't want that conspiracy to get out. That, that's what we do here. We they don't the want you to know the truth. I think that's gonna do it for us on this episode. If you if you listen to this whole thing, thank you. Drop us a like, a follow, or subscribe. You deserve it. Yeah, good Go effort. Rate we'll us five back, stars. You deserve it. Like Jesus, thank you for sticking through this. That's this painful. Again, that's gonna do it for us. Um, can we just talk once again? Troy DeSavino, Jacob Berg, Austin DC, yeah. Chris Sacona, Stephen Nelson, joining us um, for this episode. Uh, make sure to stay tuned. We've got some really exciting news coming up. I'll just hint at something called Polar Media. So make sure to stay tuned. Something's coming out this week for that. Make sure to drop us a follow on Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you may be listening. But thanks again for listening. Again, this was Can We Just Talk?